Our scripture today comes from the book of 1 John. 1 John 3, uh, verses 1 through 7. Let's go ahead and say a prayer for the illumination of the scripture. God Almighty, I thank you for this opportunity to read your word in your church this morning in front of your people. Lord, I ask that you would open our minds and our hearts to receive this word and this message. Lord, we ask this in your son Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. So 1 John 3, 1, 1 through 7. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When He is revealed, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And all who have this hope in Him purify themselves, just as He is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that He was Revealed to take away sins, and in Him there is no sin. No one who, imbi- who abides in Him sins. No one who sins has either seen Him or known Him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous, just as He is righteous. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So friends, I call this sermon Opposite Day. We'll see if that theme rings true throughout. I'll do my best to stay close to the mic. We're having problems with the other one, as you know. So I'll start with a story. I I don't think I heard this one in Christian history class, but as I was uh, reading this week, I came across this. Athanasius, who was an early bishop of Alexandria, he stoutly opposed the teachings of Arius, who declared that Christ was not the eternal Son of God, but rather a subordinate being. Hounded through five exiles, Athanasius was finally summoned before Emperor Theodosius, who demanded he cease his opposition to Arius. The emperor reproved him and asked, Do you not realize that all the world is against you? Then Athanasius quickly answered, Then I am against the world. And so this illustration, it kind of stirred up some feelings for me. It's our mission statement to make disciples of Christ for the transformation of the world. It seems like sometimes... Uh, that's hard work. It may feel like we're in opposition to uh, current culture. And as we see in the local and national news, as it was brought up in our prayer request, this world clearly needs transformation. But as I think about Athanasius' statement, I ask the question, well, what do I stand for? And I encourage you all to ask that question this morning. What is it that you stand for? But I also want you to remember this. Although I do kind of like the story, which is why I use it, I think we have to be cautious a little bit. I'm not a fan of narratives of stories that are us versus them, per se, because we are to be the light in this world. So I want to be careful. Just have that in the back of your mind. We're called the witness to everyone. That is our command. And we are to show mercy, kindness, and love to all. So we have to be careful in one sense saying we're against the world. We might be against some of the world's behavior, But if we're going to bring about transformation, we have to do that by showing the love and mercy of Christ as we go out and we witness together. And we are called to live differently as Christians. So let's look at verse 1 again. 
See what love the Father has given us. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world doesn't know us is that it did not know God. And I think if we look out in the dominant culture of the world, much of the world probably doesn't know God. And the world probably doesn't recognize us, though. Those who aren't Christian, they probably don't recognize us because we don't act, not supposed to anyway, as people of this world. So you do have this tension out in the world, I do think. But we're called to march to the beat of God's drum. We're called to live different. And Jesus was misunderstood, friends. We know that throughout the, throughout the Scripture. And as we follow Jesus, perhaps we are also misunderstood. Or are we? That's also a question I want you to think about. Are we misunderstood? And so I put that back on us this morning. When those who don't know Christ gaze upon us, what do they see? Do they see people who go with the flow that are easily led astray with all the background noise? Or do they see people who are not uh, transformed by the renewing of their minds? In other words, do they see us as transformed or do they see us as people who aren't transformed, who act the same way that the world does? They see us as people who act in the things that gain interest for ourselves, that benefit us solely. So I wonder at times if I'm too easily understood or if we as Christians are too easily understood because we go with the flow a little too much. And we don't stand in opposition to the culture of the day. So I wonder if we're traveling in the wrong direction sometimes. It's just something to think about. As much as I'd like a more comfortable life, I'd like to go with the flow a little more. That's not always the way it works. As we follow Christ, we are to turn away from sin. And we see in the scripture later verses, there's definitely a price for sin. And we know that we must seek repentance for our sin. We're not to follow on the path of sin, but rather we're to walk away from it. We're to be transformed. We're to do that with all of our effort. We want to be the people that others wonder what happened to them. What's changed? I'd like to be more like that person. We want to be children of God, and that's what we want the world sees. And we want them to wonder how they can be the same. So I titled the sermon It's Opposite Day. So I'm sure maybe when you were a child or as you've watched children, grandchildren, those you might take care of, if they've ever played the game where they say it's opposite day. So everything you say is, is not what it is, but it's the opposite. So I thought we'd do that a little bit today. It's opposite day this Sunday. So my first statement is, our culture as Christians should be individualistic. No, wrong. It's opposite day. We're to be a part of community. We are the body of Christ as we act as the body of Christ. Number two, we seek solidarity and unity through recklessness and violence towards our neighbors. No, it's opposite day. We live opposite. We seek security through solidarity, through peace, and through forgiveness, and through love. Always loving our neighbors and doing what is best for our community. Third statement. We find our personal identity through social networking. Guess again. Our identity is not found through the opinions of others or the ideas de jure, the ideas of the day. Our identity is found through our baptism and our close following of Christ. That is our identity. Friends, I read something the other day, and I remember Pastor Derek saying this when I sat in the pews. He said that we were very close to the Christianity not being the majority 
in the United States. Well, he was right. I read in Pew Research just the other day that only 47% of people in the United States would identify as Christian. So we have fallen below the majority. And I don't know how that sits with you this morning, but that pains me. That pains me. So we are the oddity, it seems like now, in society. Not the majority, we're the oddity. In our, in our oddities, we have to be careful that we don't try to smooth ourselves out by getting off the path, by losing sight of who we are and what we're called to be. We don't course correct that way. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Can't get tired of swimming upstream or going against the grain and letting it, we can't let our guard down because I believe that's where sin lives. And so let me tell you a story from one of our class discussions this week. They're not all fruitful, but this one was pretty good. We were discussing repentance on Zoom and turning back to God. In this instance, uh, we were talking about the needs of people and viewing repentance as turning back to God and helping provide for the needs of people, whether that be folks that need food or whatever the case may be. And that makes sense if you think about loving God and loving your neighbor, doing all we can to bring about uh, ends to those things. But one of my classmates brought up the rich young ruler who said, Lord, I've kept all your commandments. I've loved you and I've loved my neighbor. And here was the beautiful moment of learning for me. It sometimes happens this way in seminary. It didn't come from my teacher, but one of the other classmates said, it was as if the rich young ruler expected Jesus to give him an attaboy. Like, good job. But that's not what happened. Jesus must have been playing the opposite game too. Because there was no attaboy, there was a command. If you really want to follow me, give up all your possessions and follow me. There was no attaboy. The rich man left in sorrow because the commitment was too much. He was going to have to change. He was going to have to give up a little bit of that culture. He was going to have to change just a little bit. And that commitment was just too tough. So friends, it takes commitment to follow Jesus. As I think about my life, I invite you again this morning to think about yours. In my lifetime, there have definitely been times where I've said, I can do that, Lord. Yeah, I can definitely do that. You want me to do that? Oh, that's okay too. Got you, God. I'm there with you. And then there's that, wait, hold up. You want me to do what? Not that. I don't think I can do that, Lord. I don't agree with the way that person is living. I don't agree with that policy. I don't agree with the direction things are going in that situation or in that person's life. I don't think I can do that. I don't feel very loving and merciful at the moment towards those situations. Then I hear God say, Ron... This is an opposite day. Obey my commands. Love all people. And so friends, as I continue on in the Scripture, we see that we are indeed God. We are God's children. And what we will be has not been revealed, and I thank God for that in my life. I'm still a work in progress, and friends, so many of the things that pop up when I'm writing these sermons, things that happen right here, whether it be in Bible school or singing a song in the Some Singers, if you guys remember that, I remember I also remember it took me until I was about 30 to realize what some meant and some singers. I, did, I don't know why I didn't get it. But I remember standing here singing, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. And so I think about that. Thank God we haven't been truly revealed yet because God's still working on us and there's still time for us to course correct. Yeah, but what we do know is that when Christ is revealed, we will be like him. Because we'll see Christ for who He is. Now we're getting somewhere, right? But here's the question. 
I wonder sometimes, as it came up in prayer requests this morning, again, very, very poignant. You ever wonder how society can get things so wrong? How can there be so much of what we talked about this morning? How can people see Christ so differently? How can people proclaiming to love Christ at times cause so much hurt? I argue sometimes that we're not seeing Christ fully. Certainly not the essence of Christ. Not the Christ who said love your neighbor all the time. And the Christ that walked through Samaria. Ate with the tax collectors. And the list goes on and on. Jesus was where the pain was. He went to the margins. So here we have another good opposite day going on. Here's what Christ is not. Christ is not, never has been, never will be anything but love for the people and all people all the time. That's just the way it is. You can't separate Christ from love. And in the Scripture we see this words about purification. Friends, we can buy all kinds of stuff. We can purify our water. We can purify the air. We can purify toxins in our body. But here in the Scripture, we see that we have to purify ourselves. Our minds and our hearts. We have to rid ourselves of all that clutter, all that stuff that we find in the world that seems to seep in at times. We see here that, that those who sin do not abide in Christ. Sin is lawlessness. Some tough language here, friends. No doubt about it. No one who sins, it, it says, has seen Him or knows Him. That's tough. That's ouch. But some of the peril in these passages, I think, if you read them quite literally, we know that no one is perfect. Only Christ was perfect. So the Spirit is, you know, how seriously should we take this? Well, very seriously. But the point is, is that if we see and embrace Christ, then we must do everything we can to walk away from sin. Everything in our power. This is not a casual commitment. This isn't what we need to do. And if we have truly seen Christ, we can't tire of doing the right things. We have to continue on swimming against, swimming upstream. For God's people, if we've truly seen God, then we follow God and we don't follow the world. And following God leaves little room for our personal judgments of others about who's worthy of hearing the gospel, who's worthy of God's love, kindness, and mercy. Everybody is worthy. And we must not ever forget that. We must not forget that sin separates us from God. So friends, as I begin to wrap up this morning, there's some tough stuff in this passage. I was looking at the lectionary gospel and it was what I said with the kids. And I thought, well, we did Mark's version of that last week. So what else is there? And I came to this and it said in the notes, you can't walk away from sin this Sunday morning. You can't gloss over it. You've got to take it head on. So that's what I'm trying to do this week. But let's see if we can balance it a little bit here too. So, this is, this is about how Jesus, instead of appearing to the disciples, how do we view Jesus' appearance in us? Or how would others view Jesus in us? Well, I'll tell a little story about Maddie. She's not here, but I asked her permission. When she was about three or four, she's cute now, both the girls, of course, but she would say just the darndest things. And when she would experience something that she thought was good or bad, if it was bad, she'd say, Dad, oh no, it's a bad news. <laughs> if it was a good news, she'd say, Dad, it's a good news. And so this morning, let me, uh, let me give you some good news. This morning, we haven't received a bad news. But we have seen that sin is a result of not seeing Christ clearly. 
It's only a bad news if we don't repent and change our ways, if we don't receive and embrace the resurrected Christ who conquered sin for our benefit. That's a good news, friends. That's a good news that brings us eternal life and a better life here on earth. It's also a good news that who we will be in this life hasn't been fully revealed. Day by day, we make decisions to more closely follow Christ. We course correct with the Holy Spirit's guidance. And we see Christ differently. So as I close today, let's go back to the beginning. We are children of God, friends, and that's the greatest news. We have God's grace, love, and mercy and forgiveness every day of our lives that is given to us freely. But, right, and then there's always that. We have to allow ourselves to fully see the resurrected Christ. It's still the Christ that went to the margins with a message of love and peace for everyone. The resurrected Christ ascended to the Father and instructed us to go tell the good news. And that's always a good news for all that will hear it. We have heard it, friends. Time and time again we've heard it. Now let us clearly see it each and every day. Live it and embrace it. For centuries, beginning with disciples, Jesus has been misunderstood and others have not seen. If we're going to follow Him as the Scripture suggests, we too will be misunderstood. And and that's incredibly good news, I think. Because then we're going in the right direction. Friends, love and repentance, forgiveness, mercy, always the right answers. Never get tired of loving Jesus or loving people. God bless you all. Amen. If you would please stand as you're comfortable. We have a final hymn. It's a, it's a good one. How great thou art.